Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. As Obi-Wan Kenobi once said, hello there and welcome to Databank Brawl, the podcast where we learn about Star Wars characters, discuss our feelings about those characters, and then we make those characters fight for our personal amusement and hopefully the amusement of you, our dear listeners. I am your host. My name is Joseph Scrimshaw. With me, as almost always, except for that one time, is Ken Knapsack. So glad to be here. I've already taken a sip of the apple juice you provided for me, (laughs) and um, this, this episode's been a long time. I'm coming. This has been building up, and I love it. It's a big one. It's a special one, and we've got two great guests. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one, Ken, you already mentioned. It's Mr. Apple Juice, also right. known <laughs> as Whiskey, who has slowly but surely become our favorite recurring guest here on Data Bank Brawl Informs the Fights. Uh, Mr. Apple Juice lets us know his opinions sometimes in the form of slight stumbles, but we always keep it together. Yeah. And someone who will actually help us, unlike Mr. Apple Juice, <laughs> a great guest, uh, one of our favorites, Mr. Mike Black. Hi, yeah. everyone. Thank Listening you for being here, man. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And for the juice. (laughs) (laughs) You are welcome for the apple juice anytime. Uh, You can just stop by and ask for apple juice here at my home. Uh, Yeah, this uh, the 50th episode, we've been building up to it for a long time. The fights have been getting uh, sometimes more brutal, sometimes more absurd. Sometimes sometimes we show a little bit more kindness. We used to kill people early on. For the most part, people people escape with a possible life, at least the possibility of life. Uh, Maybe missing a fin or a... Oh, there's a lot of missing body parts. (laughs) And a couple of characters have just exploded. (laughs) At least one or two. Uh, So... In this big uh, build-up to the 50th, we did a bunch of episodes that were in different eras. We did a prequel era. We did a original trilogy era. We did a, a sequel trilogy era, Force Awakens. We did an expanded universe one. And here we are at the 50, where, 50th where we wanted to have a mini tournament yeah. of characters who have battled before, reached out to the fans of Force Center on our Facebook page and on our Twitter page, and got some feedback about who they wanted to see fight. And friends... This is going to be painful. Uh, it's great. And I intentionally avoided that poll and everything. I was okay. not yeah. a good podcasting producing partner because I just I want to be as surprised as I can like I always am on this show. <laughs> Same here. You know, that's that's the truth, man. Uh, when I was talking how I met some fine folks at Celebration, like, how do you guys plan that show? We don't. <laughs> Joseph plans it, and he throws out names to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's really, it is really something that you want to hear a producer say. Yeah. Is, yeah. I had no idea that was going to happen, but I'm happy with it. <laughs> that's what you want a producer to say. So I'm yeah. happy for uh, for yeah. Ken's role there. Uh, yeah. So it was really hard because the, uh, the fans picked a lot of the characters that we love, mm. and oh, so yeah. it's going to be hard for us to make Ooh. these decisions as we go. All right. But I think we're ready. If you have never listened to the podcast before, the basic idea is we get this information about these characters from StarWars.com databank. So it is fresh. It is canon. We look a little bit into the wilds of Wikipedia to see what other additional information we can get. But we started this podcast to kind of learn more about the obscure characters, the weird characters, and then also have fun by making them fight. So we get a little bit of both. And we are going back for our very first combatant in our first round of this mini tournament. Wow. All the way back 
to the very beginning. Wow. Where we learned the harsh truth yeah. of StarWars.com that sometimes the data bank entries are mean and judgmental about <laughs> characters we love and or love to hate. And our first combatant is indeed exactly that one. It is Dengar. Uh, oh, I knew wow. it. Now, I wanted to put this character in, and it yeah. was fine because the fans picked him all by themselves. They yeah. wanted Dengar to have another shot. He was in our very first <laughs> matchup. Here is what StarWars.com databank has to say about good old Dengar. Mm. Crude and slovenly. <laughs> so mean right away. But he's not food dirty. He's just like, <laughs> you know, he's, He takes care of himself. He takes just care the bandages. of himself. He's just, yeah. Yeah, he's, I mean. He has a lot of bad luck. I'm sure he showers under those yeah. bandages, right? <laughs> anyway, crude and slovenly, Dengar was nonetheless an effective bounty hunter. While some hunters prided themselves on finesse and style, Dengar preferred firepower and destruction. Despite his scruffy-looking and battered exterior, Dengar thought highly of himself. <laughs> Enough to make blunt passes at shapely females that caught his eye. Despite these obnoxious qualities... Boba Fett enjoyed working with Dengar and held him in high regard due to his proven track record in hunting down prey. So, man, this entry Wait, who, is... who liked working with him? I, I Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Oh, okay. This is an exercise in uh, handing it out and taking it away when it comes wow. to compliments. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's a piece of crap, yeah. but... Here's a nice thing. Well, there but for the force go I. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, me and Dengar have a lot in common from, from what I just read there. <laughs> I have never seen you uh, uh, make a blunt pass at a shapely female that caught your eye. At the comedy store, it happens all the time. <laughs> and shapely is, you know... Two or three fingers in, you know, of, of whatever I'm drinking, well, go they see become Mike. more attractive than they are. So, go see Mike Black at the Comedy Store yeah, for his Dengar means, impression yeah. on the patio. Yeah. All right. Mm. Now let's talk about what uh, what uh, Wikipedia has to say about Dengar. Are they kinder to him, Ken? Uh, no, no. Uh, I, I I mean, here's the thing: they they fill out his resume, of course, with a lot of his new canon stories. He does appear in the Clone Wars. He does appear in some of the comics now. And you know, in his Clone Wars gear and get up and and design he's he's a little more in shape he has kind of a more of a cocksure smile we know he's got that cockney accent you know he's i i was a boom dinga and it's uh, it's good stuff uh, you know he's, he's a little more hope i don't know what happened by the time you know after after new hope we know he has a run in with chewbacca there's a fight that he loses by the time you we pick up again an empire i think he's over it right yeah, I think he wants a way out. There's a moment where I think you can't avoid the truth that you've let yourself go, that you're not yeah. a bounty hunter in your top form when you have to sit down and let your own armor out. Right. Yeah. And he clearly yeah. visibly does that. Yeah. Uh, when you can't shop off the rack for, <laughs> for bounty hunter gear anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Mike. You've got to go to Glebel's big and tall bounty hunter gear. <laughs> for, for, and it was also, I think, since we fought, he fought in the first episode against Lobot, of yeah. course. Um, he, you know, there's been. More stuff because he he appears in in aftermath. That's right. And, and he so got fleshed he, out a little bit there. Yeah, fleshed out a little bit uh, with working with the buddy hunter Mercurial Swift, uh, where he, he's like Dan Aykroyd in Gross Point Blank. Where he's like, <laughs> Things are changing now. Our profession is is about to get marginalized too. Those rebels won't put up with our special brand of sauce for too long, will they? It's why we go to band together, form a proper union. We'll be a force to reckon with. Okay, I'm just gonna really make sure that I heard that correctly through your beautiful Cockney accent. <laughs> 
special brand of sauce? Yes. Yeah. All right. I heard that correctly. <laughs> Unfortunately, you can never unhear it. So he wants to unionize. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah that's great. Will that's be, great. Will there be meetings? <laughs> yes. I'm out. No, yeah. I think that's the most valuable information we've got, that we have to remember that Dengar not only speaks in that beautiful Cockney accent, but he also makes sure that everything he says is a little gross. <laughs> Even when he's yeah. making perfect sense. Yeah, it can Mike, all be taken the wrong way. It's a, it's a special brand of sauce. That's like a half entendre. Yeah. One and a half entendre? Not quite double. Mike, how do you feel about Dengar? Do you like the character? I always uh, hated Dengar. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. when I was a kid, I was like, he is not qualified to be here. When I... When I looked at even, like, Forlom, I thought, I was like, that guy could probably do some damage. Yeah. But this other, this guy's covered in toilet paper. I don't, I didn't, <laughs> I was like, he's already halfway lost the battle. Just, yeah. like, whatever he tried to catch before, it didn't work out. Didn't. So he clearly is not in any shape to be going after Han Solo. You know, I just. It's that, always made him seem more deadly to me that he has nothing left to lose, right? <laughs> right. Like, you know, if he, if I, he needs to run through razors, he's going to be like, fine, I'll run through this hallway of razors because I don't care about my appearance That would make sense in a jihadist sort of way, but not when you're trying to bring people in alive. Like, like if he was going to, like, crash his ship into the Millennium Falcon, sure. I'm all all for believing he could accomplish that. But actually getting someone back in one piece, no dice. Fair enough. Fair enough. A bounty destroyer, not a bounty hunter. Ken, we talked a long time ago. Uh, How are you doing these days with Dengar? I know you were initially tortured by his Cockney accent. I think you've maybe come around to enjoying it. (laughs) Some, uh, aftermath helped me. It seemed to it seemed to fit into that world. You know, Dengar's always been one of those characters you like, but you're kind of like, what's there? Looking at him now, um, and the picture here that's from Empire that I'm looking on Wikipedia is that uh, I, I love that it's a character George Lucas probably created with no thought. Yeah. Just oh, like, yeah. uh, he's a bounty hunter. He's got kind of like brownish, ruined stormtrooper gear. Figure out the rest. Um, and George created this wonderful world, but, you know, sometimes he never envisioned it going to this point. He never yeah. envisioned in 2017 we'd be fighting this character in a fake podcast <laughs> battle. So For the second time. Yeah, yeah. The, I think... Uh, I think uh, 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 there's a Dengar will always have a soft place in my heart for just what he is, what he could have been, and what the hell he might be. Yeah, I love him for being the bounty hunter underdog. We're used to the scrappy hero who shouldn't have a shot. But you look yeah. at the, all those bounty hunters in Empire Strikes Back. We collected all those action figures because we were of that age when the action figures first came out. Right. And he was the one who didn't belong. Every other bounty hunter right. looked cool. And this guy yeah. looked like your depressed uncle who would show up in a pinch anyway. Yeah. He wasn't fun to look at, but he got the job got done. The job done. I will say without a doubt, he was the long shot. Like to every kid out there, there's no way, and nobody overestimated Dengar. Yeah. And no one was like, not only will he do it, but he'll do it with flourish and style. It was, no, <laughs> there's none of that. He, he might be the Rudy of the Star Wars bounty hunter <laughs> world, and maybe that's the standalone movie we need. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, he'll have a chance to get out all of his crude and slovenly flourish and style as he fights our next combatant. You guys ready? Yes. All right. Our next combatant is Chopper. Oh, C-110P. Oh, wow. Going up against Dengar. Here is what the StarWars.com databank has to say about good old Chopper. Chopper was the resident droid of the Ghost, assisting the crew in everything from ship maintenance to combat, even though he didn't always want to. After many years of repairs and patch jobs, Chopper's had a beat-up, worn look that matched his sometimes cranky personality. 
Aesthetics aside, (laughs) he was an essential part of this small rebel team and ultimately was loyal and heroic. Yeah. So that entry is a little gentler, Mm -hmm. but it still has that like, look, this guy isn't going to be your first pick, is he? (laughs) He's not not a first round pick. He's not a first round pick. He's a seventh round. Like, look, here are all the problems with him, but ultimately he gets the job done. We need a punter. Let's do it. Let's draft this guy. Yeah. Uh, In Chopper's history, probably doesn't have a lot of weird info there on Wikipedia because he's lived his life right out in the open on Star Wars Rebels. He has. He has. You know, uh, Chopper, I have a complicated relationship with Chopper, as you know, uh, but I've grown to appreciate the guy. um, I respect him as a he he flew Y wings in the Battle of Ryloth, yeah. and and that shot of the season four trailer for Rebels it has him looking sad at a crashed uh, Y wing. Either that's present day or that's something from the past where Hera finds him. Yeah, um, he's also an older droid model, which is interesting because I think we saw him as uh, oh he's a new droid, he's a new R two, but really he's an older design. So he's an old guy working against time. Yeah, and I can respect that. And and you're right, it was that episode. Joseph, where he wanted that leg. Yep. And he just kind of was like, screw you guys, I'm getting my leg. I'm Chopper. Um, I care about my appearance, unlike Dengar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and his episode with uh, special guest uh, Matt Belknap, right, was the yeah. one uh, we added a cape to yes, Chopper. Yes, that's right. So in this fight, I don't remember all the details of that fight, because uh, yeah. I think our listeners remember what happened in previous databank brawls better than we do. Yes. And uh, we appreciate that greatly, because sometimes yeah. they supply us with information. But the cape. Is mm-hmm. unforgettable. He yeah. fought the eighth brother Inquisitor. Yeah, uh, and he ended up with a cape. So in this fight, he will have a cape. This is not just any chopper. This is chopper with an chopper, inexplicable cape, vinyl cape chopper, vinyl cape chopper. Uh, do you have any quotes or anything there from uh, Wikipedia? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ezra said, "Well, I can give you a quote from Chopper, of course." <laughs> uh, this little junky, this junky little astromech droid keeps the ghost running. Lucky for him, he's good at it because he is a pain. So that kind of, you know, it's like a old cranky dog that you yeah. still love that you still want around but you know it's a little gray a little mangy and it barks a lot at, at strangers yeah yeah okay mike how do you feel about chopper first of all i really like how he looks he looks like feisty yeah you know just from the start like he looks like he probably fights a lot like with other <laughs> robots like he might bully other droids around and stuff you know and uh i i kind of like that they went when they, this kind of goes for that whole show, the the retro sort of design right. with him, and I was like, he fits right in there. Like that was mm. what, when I, he was the first one I saw actually. Mm, yeah, and I was like, oh, he fits right in to everything. And yeah, like, per, like more so than I felt about like um, BB-8. Even yeah, I was just like right away. I was like, that's Star Wars. That feels like Star Wars. Okay, because he looks junky, at, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah he looks right. lived in. Yeah, I can accept the, that. You know. And, uh, and, and and there was a problem, not a problem, but it was like we saw Hera and Ezra, and there was we talked about Joseph. There was like bright primary colors, and like I'm like, well, that's does that is that Star Wars? But Chopper right. had the kind of more muted tones, even though he's orange. It's yeah, but, it's, but it's a lived in orange. Yeah. It's yes. a very lived yeah. in orange. Oh. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's what <laughs> I'm going to paint my bathroom. <laughs> Going to Home Depot. Orange. Do you have lived in orange? <laughs> sure. Our do. president is kind of a lived in orange. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah he's, well, let's uh, get back to a more pleasant character, Chopper. Good old. 
total C110P. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think he almost he doesn't quite have clean lines. It feels like he yeah. like he might fall apart. Like R2 feels like no matter how many much of a beating he's taking, he gets scored on the outside, but he's still holding together and it feels like Chopper's head might come off <laughs> right yes. if he twists too fast. Uh yeah, and I think uh, everything about this character I think is my biggest turnaround on a character. I think yeah. they initially they gave him too much Disney cuteness and it seemed like yeah. he yeah. it seemed like in those first couple episodes that he was just being kind of annoying prankster like a a little brother who pulls people's hair and then he realizes because they don't respect him and he is acting out because he is as they said in the most recent trailer he is a war War veteran veteran. he fought in the clone wars he has been through hell and he loves these people but he needs their damn respect and he is my favorite borderline sociopath in all of star wars (laughs) All right, so are you guys ready for yes. the combat between yes. Dengar and a caped chopper? Yeah. So as always, when we are ready to fight. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Mm-hmm. We must decide where and when this fight is happening. Both these characters exist across a wide swath yeah, of time. This, this could be early in their careers. This could be a slim Dengar before he let the armor out. This could be in the Clone Wars era. This could be, uh, we could imagine that Chopper survives through all of the Galactic Civil War, because Dengar does. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of where I'm leaning to. So I, okay. I was bringing up uh, Star Wars Galaxy Map, so SWGalaxyMap.com kind of has all the planets on there. You know, there's too many planets for me uh, to remember as an old guy, but that's what I'm going with. I'm an old guy. Dengar's an old guy. I like the Chopper's an old guy. I think this is post-Jedi, maybe even after the events of Aftermath. Nice. This um, is after Aftermath. Which is, what, 18 months after Jedi by the time it all kind of wraps up, roughly. Um, so I'm thinking... Post then, okay. That being the time frame, I don't know the planet yet, Mike. I don't know where you're thinking. I like that idea. First of all, that I I want them both old and crotchety. Yeah, I like you know, it. I think that's a more fun fight for the two of them. Absolutely. I think uh, I have an idea of the planet. Do you have one? Uh, no, you all go right. right ahead. Okay, so here we, we visit here sometimes, but I think this one is it's interesting given the time period because we haven't spent a lot of time there. I like the idea that maybe Chopper has served all the way through the Galactic Civil War, mm-hmm. and now his whole life has been war. Yeah. Now he doesn't really know what the hell to do with himself. Yes, yes, yes. So he hears that uh, these bounty hunters are starting a union. Great. And he says, you know what? Uh, 
Hera and I have split ways for now. We won't get into why. That's a mystery. <laughs> but Chopper finds himself alone, okay. wistful, right. and says, Bounty Hunter Union, mm. I'm going to go to Narshada. Narshada. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Now, I don't know off the top of my head what Narshada is actually like. Uh, like I okay. believe that's where a lot of the huts hang their hats. Yep. yep. The hut council. But Very I don't really know. Very criminally influenced planet. You know what yeah. I mean? It's nicknamed the Smuggler's Moon. The Smuggler's Moon. Yep. But is it a dense city? Is it little outposts? Primary terrain is urban, of course. Urban. Yeah, nice. There. Oh, there's Very Blade runner Okay, yeah. yeah. That's, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah, a lot of neon advertisements. Yeah. Chopper will be right at home here. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot for him to bloop and a fart of, at. A lot of camouflage mm-hmm. for him, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so I think, uh, I think Chopper steals an old Y-Wing from somewhere. Love it. And he makes his way to Narshada, and I yep. think he lands, and I think he's rolling along the city looking for work. Yeah. And I think he encounters Dengar. Where does he encounter Dengar? He, he, Dengar's stumbling out of a local watering hole. This fight <laughs> isn't going to take place in a bar. I think 80% of our databank bank <laughs> take place in a space bar. It's Dengar, or bars. Dengar has already had his fill and his special sauce, as it were. <laughs> and he's stumbled on out into a uh, walkway, much like you might see on the rings of Kefrain or even Jeddah, um, and um, bumps in to Chopper the fart bot. Okay, I'm going to go even one better. I like I like the bumps into him. I think that he he hits Chopper yeah. right in that little eye socket with his crotch armor. <laughs> I think his crotch armor smashes Chopper right in the face. Yeah. And how does Chopper react to this, Mike? Does he try to talk it out or is he just uh, react uh, viciously? He, he immediately <laughs> swats it and catches one of his bandages uh, in, in one of his little pincers. <laughs> okay, Dengar, of course... Continues to stumble off, slowly unraveling. Okay, all right, all right. That, that's beautiful, but I need to make sure I, I'm understanding this exactly correctly. Given the reach of Chopper's arms, he hasn't floated into the air, so he has grabbed uh, some bandages that are sort of behind the crotch plate of yeah, Dengar. In, right. in the crotch area, yeah, the, the crotchal region. The crotchal region. Okay. Dengar stumbles. Crotch, crotch bandages. <laughs> yeah. Crotch bandages. Or My. diaper. One could call them <laughs> Dengar's diaper. <laughs> you know? I don't know why, but crotch bandages is less gross to me than just saying diaper. (laughs) Dengar's Diapers is is a new young adult book coming out from Lucasfilm Press. (laughs) I'm writing it. I didn't want to tell you guys this. It's like Vader and his kids. It's a a different take. Copyright Ken Naps. The whole bounty hunter baby's lines will be great. Naked. Uh, so yeah, so Dengar doesn't notice at first mm-hmm. that he is trailing crotch bandages. Right. I don't think <laughs> right. Chopper didn't mean to not let go. No, right, but then, certainly not. No I think once Chopper realized it, though, he then decided to not let go. Yeah, I think at first it was like ah, oh, and then it was like mm, and he just kind of <laughs> held on. <laughs> All right, and uh, I think does Dengar? How does Dengar react when he realizes this has happened, Ken? Oi. What's happened to me, crotch diapers? <laughs> What's going on? Hey, are you little droid? Astrobeck, let go. You're pulling off my pants. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, uh, Chopper realizes this, and he turns, and he beeps and boops. His, his voice modulator has gotten even worse after all the fights he's been through. He right. barely makes sense. Uh, Dengar is he's crude and slovenly, but yep. he's smart, so he understands yeah. droid. He's a man of action. Yeah, and he yeah. realizes that the droid says, look, I'm just... I just want to join the Bounty Hunters Union. Right. Uh, 
And Dengar, I think, makes him a deal. and says, oh, I will yeah. tell you how to join the Union if you let go of me crotch space diver. Right. Right. And I think Chopper does. Yeah. I think Chopper does. But now Dengar has a whole strewn out, you know, <laughs> d- diaper there. He is, feeling, he is feeling the winds of the smuggler's moon in a way he has not <laughs> in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's flapping out on Dengar. Oh, boy. All <laughs> oh, right. wait. My blast is exposed. <laughs> Uh, all right, so uh, we've set a low bar, but we can get under it, folks, and <laughs> we will. Uh, so they they now they have a, a bit of a, a detente yeah. uh, where they're going to try to talk this out. So uh, um, Dengar realizes that he is in a mess, yeah. so he's like, follow, "Follow me to this alley," and he basically he makes a deal. <laughs> he's like. I will help you get into the Bounty Hunters Union if you help me patch up th- what you've done down here because I'm too drunk to fix this. And I know you got, I'm sure you got all those appendages. You can somehow yeah. make this mess work. Yeah. So, uh, Mike, does Chopper take this strange deal to patch up the crotchal area of a clearly drunk bounty hunter? Is this the glory that Chopper was looking for? No, it certainly isn't. But, uh, you know. It was an accident, and so he he tries to tries his best to patch him up, but occasionally, like with sewing on a person or anything like that, you make a few mistakes, and Ooh. maybe a needle hits somewhere it shouldn't, oh. or you know something stitched together that shouldn't be stitched together. <laughs> maybe maybe something's closed up that shouldn't be closed up. <laughs> you, you never know, but uh, it goes wrong. So Suffice I, to say, you pricked me, planet. <laughs> What should have been uh, fixing cloth ended up anatomical surgery. <laughs> yes. That was unwanted and un- unintended. <laughs> and this springs Dengar to a level of sobriety he did not oh. realize oh, yeah. was yeah. possible. The jet juices suddenly cleared out. And I think <laughs> Dengar gets very mad. And right. he, just, he just yells in his Cockney accent. And I think he does something that doesn't happen enough here on Data Bank Brawl. Mm. He hauls off and he just punches Chopper oh, across yeah. the face, across <laughs> his loose head. Yeah, and yeah. Chopper's head spins around. Yeah. <laughs> Arms all akimbo and flying around. It's <laughs> yeah. a mess. Yeah. It can't mess. handle a lot of yeah. that kind of... <laughs> yeah. And Chopper, I think, maybe thinks this is some strange initiation to join the Bounty Hunters Union. And he thinks he's been challenged to a fight. So he's all in. He's like, oh, prove myself. Yeah, yeah. He's Got a, it. He's a prospect at this yeah. point, he thinks. Yeah. Oh, I, oh I, bet, I bet people are watching. I'll prove myself that yeah. I'm good enough to be in the Bounty Hunters Union. I'll yeah. take this guy down. So, so what does he do, Ken? With his head still spinning, he initiates his rocket launchers and just does what uh, is, is akin to a spear in pro wrestling, just charges at Dengar's middle... Uh, chest, torso, everything just kind of hits him and knocks him to the ground. Uh, they go flying a little bit. Dengar gets air. We're talking like three, four feet in the air. They're just oh, nice. boom, and they land on the ground. And Chopper kind of falls over and has to recover. Okay, yeah. so in that moment of recovery, uh, Dengar is, he's got a well-armored gut, so the wind doesn't actually get knocked out of him. He yeah. is actually prepared. That armor's good for mm-hmm. something. So, Mike, yeah. I think he can get up real quick. How does he retaliate against Chopper. Does he use weapons? Does he use the environment all around him, this seedy, neon-filled world? Well, he rolls with the impact really quickly, recovers to his feet. Nice. And being the laughing stock of the bounty hunters that he is, he learned a long time ago to fight dirty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So and how do you he, fight dirty on a droid? He yeah. immediately grabs his cape, covering oh. his optics, 
and starts wailing on him. Okay, so he flaps Chopper's cape over his head and then yes. starts basically <laughs> Old just... Old school bad boxing. <laughs> you know. Body working yeah. C-110P. Okay, yeah, that's great because he's thinking tactically. He's like, yeah. if I can actually damage the openings, he won't be able to get his weird little appendages out to right. burn exactly. me and poke just me. good strategy. Yeah. yeah. It looks super unprofessional. It looks crude <laughs> right. and slobbery yeah. that he's just... And he's having to bend in a weird way to do it. Yeah, yes. his <laughs> Dengar's ass is up in the air, <laughs> yeah. and he is working this droid, and it, to the outside looks dumb, but it's yeah. brilliant. Yeah. It looks brilliant. It looks, it looks suspicious. In fact, there's some local police authorities kind of look down the hallway, the, the alley, uh, and they're like, what's going on down there? Oh, <laughs> Oh, no, never mind. Uh, turn around, turn around, leave, leave, leave. Dengar's leave. so used yeah. to this, yeah. to, to people seeing, thinking he's doing weird things, he just starts throwing some credits. He's yeah. like, he's paying them off. <laughs> yeah. Go yeah. away. They're like, all right, well, <laughs> never mind, never mind. Get out of here. Yoink. This is Dengar's alley today. Mm-hmm. Mm. Dengar's alley. Is Dengar's there. alley. <laughs> you get some good butterbeer there. So I think Chopper actually takes off. Okay. Because flies Dengar is, uh, no, I think flies. Dengar is so <laughs> immersed away. in him, he, he explodes and Dengar instinctively grabs on. Oh. So I think he's going flying up. So Dengar's oh. riding him like uh, like Falcor or something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like Chopper's head is still covered by the cape. Yeah, he doesn't know yeah, where he's, he's going. Flying. This is a multi-layered city. But they're in the air. They're flying. And Dengar just grabbed on out of instinct. Yes. Right? Yes. But what, where are they going, Ken? What Do they crash into uh, things? What happens? Yeah, they're, they're, they're heading up this alley. So they, they bounce off some, some of the walls. Dink, 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 like, a, like a reverse pinball machine. Okay. They're going up. <laughs> and then uh, they get a little in some open space. And, and again, Chopper doesn't know where he's going. Going, but so he just kind of takes off. He's in a wide, wide open space now. Um, and then I think he he ends up hitting. He's going through like uh, signage for restaurants and 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 services there. Just oh, like <laughs> neon exploding <laughs> yeah. sparks yeah. everywhere. <laughs> Dengar's barely holding on. I think he's got one of his arms, uh, one of Chopper's arms. He's got a bit of the cape. Uh, his legs are wrapped around as best he can around Chopper's uh, legs. Um, <laughs> the the exhaust from Chopper's rockets. A rocket is kind of uh, burning Dengar a little bit on yeah. his uh, ankles and knees and thighs. Uh, yeah, he's still mad. You're going to kill both of us, man. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I love this. I love this. Uh, okay, so they, they're exploding, and I think that they actually they get up into a sky lane mm-hmm. with this, like, yeah. Coruscant, and they yeah. hit a big uh, hut skiff. They hit the bottom of it. Yes. And it smashes them back down onto a busy marketplace. Yes. Uh, and that skiff goes uh, tumbling, <laughs> tumbling, and, it, and uh, all of the bounty hunters on it, they're there to protect the mm-hmm. hut, see what's happening. Oh, oh, there's other bounty hunters. There's other hunters there uh, protect that hut. Yeah, they yeah. see what is happening. So right. now they are actually being witnessed by other bounty hunters mm, in the t- Union. This is going to be tough for Chopper to get in the Union now, I'll yeah. tell you that. They, they hit the ground, they tumble, uh, and they're, they're actually at this point having a hard time separating themselves because they're all so interconnected. Yeah. The cape is now actually oh. caught in Dengar's face bandages. Oh, no. It is, like, wrapped up into his face bandages. Oh, no. uh, one of Chopper's arm appendages has gotten stuck into the uh, armor behind <laughs> Dengar's, like, above Dengar's thigh. Yes. So they are, they are interlocked together like alien lovers. Their strange parts come together in a beautiful, horrible dance of death. <laughs> and at this point, they're just rolling. And Mike... Here's what I, one thing that I think happens. I think we encounter something that I don't think we've encountered here on Databank before. Let let me know, Ken. There's a lot of new things in 50. I think there is a a busker. I think there is a Bith busker. (laughs) A Bith busker? A Bith busker. Hmm. Love that. Love that. Who's there to to play music. Yeah. On his clue horn and entertain people. And 
he sees this rolling dance of horrible death, and he starts to make up a song based on it. <laughs> this myth busker makes up a song about this horrendous fight. Very old-timey sort of, like, yeah. shanty music. A little yeah. shanty music about, about this fight. What, Mike, what do you think that, that sounds like? What? Oh, man, uh... Lumpy, rusty, bubbly, busty, falling from the sky. Watch as these two idiots fly around and die. Look at them go, roll, 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 falling on their faces. I can see them from here and there and all different places. They are stupid, look at them fall, fighting, falling, scratching. Everywhere that they go, things are exploding and batching. <laughs> <laughs> People explode into applause. It's now much more about yes. the Bith Busker Republic, than this fight. Republic credits are being thrown into his, his clue horn case. Yeah, chance cubes, everything. <laughs> everything that people have being thrown into the Bith Busker is suddenly the star of the show. And why it's wouldn't amazing. he be after that song? <laughs> uh, but now I think we're getting down to where this fight needs to resolve. Yep, we got yep, a big yep. tournament. We need to save some time for the other fights coming up. Yep, yep. I think this is the point where we need to pause. We always ask ourselves, who do we believe should win this fight and who do we want to win this fight and why? And then we'll continue our narrative. So, Mike, who do you think deserves to win the fight? Uh, Chopper. Okay. I think, I think he deserves to win the fight. I think even as old as he is, droids are always going to be sharp, no matter how mm-hmm. old they get. And yeah. I think Dengar has probably lost more than a few steps. <laughs> And as much as I would like to see Dengar have, like, his day in the sun, mm-hmm. I don't think it's here. Okay. I don't think it's in mm-hmm. this battle. Okay. Ken, what are you thinking? Yeah, I, I probably emotionally find myself more connected to Dengar uh-huh. and, and more actively rooted against Chopper as a, as a fan <laughs> yeah. in, of Star Wars. But I have to agree with Mike. I think at the end of the day, this is this – is, it's not Dengar's moment. No. I don't think Dengar's ever had a moment. Maybe <laughs> no. it's still yet to come, but I don't see him winning this fight, and I just don't think he should. No, I think if they were both scooped up in their prime in some mm-hmm. strange battle arena, yeah. armed to the teeth, Dengar is the superior combatant. This is Clone Wars yeah. Season 1, we'd be having a different story. Oh, absolutely. But this, you know, we get influenced by the stories we ourselves tell, and I think mm-hmm. the most important thing in this story is, Chopper has a mission. Mm-hmm. Chopper is certainly in his twilight years as a droid, but he has something he wants. Right. And Dengar wanted to get home without pissing himself. <laughs> that was his goal <laughs> in our story. Already he's failed. <laughs> Already. <laughs> and now things are amended, burned, cauterized, and stitched together in a way <laughs> that he will certainly have to pay a good 2-1-B surgeon droid to yeah. fix. Yeah. Uh, Dengar will be happy to get out of here without being kicked out of the Bounty Hunters Union himself. Right. So I think as Dengar is rolling along, uh, he's hearing this song and he's realizing, oh, no, Mm. I need Mm. to get out of here with my dignity. So let's tell the tale of how Dengar manages to lose the fight but get out of there with a shred of dignity. Uh, I I think (laughs) it's a hard story to tell. It's a hard story to tell. I I think they're they're crashed at this point, right? They're they're rolling around. They're They're rolling. rolling. Neither neither can get an advantage on the on the other. Really, yeah. Uh, Chopper actually does have a little bit of a physical advantage because he still has some appendages free. I think I think Dengar does the old whoa 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 whoa. Hey, hold on a second. Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. You want in the union? I I I can get you in the union. Um, we just have to. We just have to pretend this never happened, right? (laughs) 
Chopper's like, I know people sauce, but we can say it was part of your initiation fee. Well, initiation process. Yeah. And yeah. fee. By the way, fee. Pay me. <laughs> no, that's not going to work. All right. Process. And I think that's where it lies. I think Dengar's trying to spin this as yeah. best he yes. can, even yeah. though there's a, still a crowd of people. And I think Chopper is okay with that up to a point, yeah. but Chopper still needs to see people, uh, have people see him winning. Yeah. So I think Chopper manages to wrench his himself free from Dengar, mm-hmm. actually ripping some of his own limbs out, his Ooh. own appendages out. <laughs> and I think he does a strange move that we haven't seen droids do as much, but it mirrors what Dengar did at the beginning of the battle. Right. I think he sticks one leg out, which is now the correct leg. He finally mm-hmm. got it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then he jets up into the air and he spins himself around, so he basically effectively punches Dengar once. Big roundhouse kick. Basically. Big roundhouse kick to the <laughs> gotcha. face. Gotcha. And then Dengar, uh, his head spins, a tooth flies out, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but then... Playing along with Chopper. The tooth actually flies and goes into the empty clue horn case. <laughs> it does. It's, it's more payment Biff than that Busker great song. thinks he's been tipped. Yeah. It's a, he thinks it's a valuable tooth. Yeah. It is not. <laughs> it has seen some things. Uh, it, but then I think Dengar, trying to reclaim his dignity, claims like, he passed the initiation. <laughs> he stands up. Hi, everybody. He did it. Let's give him a hand. Get around and oh, Tell him if he could kick one of me teeth into yeah. that case. It was all a plan. Yeah. Zuckus is sitting there just kind of like. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. But it, yeah. it, it's going to work for now. But it works. And Dengar uh, shovels off home thinking <laughs> tomorrow will be better. Tomorrow will be a brand new day. And Chopper has a new career. Yeah. Is a bounty hunter. Exactly. Oh, part of the union. That was beautiful. And that means that Chopper will go on. He will continue in our tournament. Mm-hmm. But to see who Chopper will be fighting against, we're going to move on. Do you guys have any other final thoughts nope. on Dengar and Chopper? Nope. Good, nope. good fair battle. That was a good, fair battle. Good clean. Well, good. somewhat clean. <laughs> incredibly dirty on many mm-hmm. levels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we are going to move on to round two. I'm glad that that one pitted two characters that we've come to really, really like, even though they're both underdogs. Right. Because that prepares us for round two, which is truly emotionally vicious mm-hmm. to me. Uh, our first combatant is the combatant that was requested... Uh, perhaps the most. Okay. I think there's a little bit of the psychological effect of recency because this is a character mm-hmm. who has popped up uh, in a recent battle okay. and in a recent movie, and it's a character that can both you and I love very much. Uh, you have professed your love uh, very vocally. Uh-oh. Um, and this combatant is indeed Admiral Raddus. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I feared this might be coming. Were you, were you worried about Raddus? feared this day might, might return, where I'd have to, once again, fight uh, this wonderful character, um, portrayed on screen by Paul Casey, voiced wonderfully by Stephen Stanton. Uh, Lovely gentleman, Stephen oh, Stanton. Great, great gentleman. Yeah. Great gentleman. Yeah, but we do have to fight Admiral Raddus because the fans demanded it. So yep. here we go. Here is what StarWars.com databank has to say about Admiral Raddus. A gruff Mon Calamari officer, Raddus commands the Rebel Starfleet before the Battle of Yavin, working to knit a hodgepodge of ships into a military force and arrange the delivery of new capital ships to the Alliance. Raddus has little patience for the Rebel Council's endless committee meetings. As he sees it, military muscle is the key to defeating the Empire. Not stirring speeches. 
Again, this is a great databank entry. Yes. Kudos to whoever wrote this yes. entry because, man, it, it captures what we loved about Raditz and Rogue One. In my heart, it's the same person that wrote the Dengar one. Absolutely. Yeah. Very, very clear on who they like and don't like. <laughs> Trying to influence our podcast at yeah. this point. Uh, so we know how Ken feels about mm-hmm. Raditz. Mm-hmm. Uh We'll get to the Wikipedia in just a second, but sure. I wanted to bring Mike in here right away. Mike, how, how do you feel about Raditz? Did you love him in Rogue One as much as uh, Ken and myself? Uh, I liked him. I didn't love him because I immediately thought of Admiral Ackbar, and I was like, why not just have Admiral Ackbar? But <laughs> okay, <laughs> he can't be everywhere, and I understand that. <laughs> but uh, no, I did like him uh, quite a bit, but... Uh, I, it solved a mystery for me too. I was like, "Oh, they all talk like that. They're all just, <laughs> the entire planet is just very gruff. <laughs> you know, just, they don't they don't t- take a lot of crap. They just cut through it immediately. Right. Everyone on their planet, everything's done very tersely. Yeah, every know? Mon Calamari is always in the express lane or the self checkout lane. <laughs> yeah. They don't have time for this stuff. They're yeah. getting it done. Done. Getting yeah, it done. done. I don't foresee a lot of traffic problems on their planet. Get out of my way! Everyone's out of everyone's way. (laughs) (laughs) Just getting where they're going. Okay, good to know. Good to know. So we have uh, somebody who will balance out our love and respect for Raditz. What does Wikipedia have to say about him these days? I know we talked about him recently, but is there anything else that's been filled Uh, out? I want to focus on his personality and traits, which we've done. You know, this is... uh, I I like what they say here, and this is really expanded upon in the novelization of Rogue One um, by Alexander Freed. During the battle, Raditz and Arfrey Battle Scarif, battle uh, Aratus, not afraid to commit resources to heavy salts and sacrifice the crew of the Lightmaker, which is the Hammerhead Corvette. Bring up the Hammerhead Corvettes uh, to bring down Scarif's planetary shield. While capable of putting aside his feelings during military operations, Radis wasn't devoid of emotion, as illustrated by his sadness over the deaths of the Rogue One personnel when the Death Star eradicated the entire surface theater of Scarif. Um, this is a man of action who who knows there is a greater good, yeah. um, but knows that it will cost the emotional uh, and often physical uh, cost of war. Um, and I think that's a, a trait of a, of a good uh, leader that's yeah. going to win. Absolutely. I think, to me, this this is a, a, a two-flapper character. He's got mm-hmm. one flapper to slap down and say, no, enough is enough. <laughs> and then he's got another one to face palm when he's sad. Yeah, <laughs> he can do it all. Uh, cool. So, uh, any other details about Admiral Raddus before we uh, learn about the next combatant? No, sir. <clears throat> all right, here we go. Our next combatant is someone who fought a long time ago, and I felt in my heart deserved another shot at fighting. And uh, thankfully, so did our fans. And that is Aunt Beru Lars <laughs> going up <laughs> against Admiral Raddus. <laughs> Oh my! Oh. The things we, the things, things we, we do here, do to ourselves and to the poor Star Wars galaxy. Wow! Here is, <laughs> I mean, with said, you know, in canon, both these characters presumably, you know, died within days of each other. We've got, so, uh, yeah, we've got a lot of decisions to make yeah. when we decide where they fight. Yeah. Uh, but here's what StarWars.com databank has to say about Beru Lars Ney White Sun. As a young shy girl, Beru White Sun's aspirations did not reach beyond Tatooine. She was content to marry Owen Lars and lead the tough life of a moisture farmer. Brew also fulfilled the role of guardian and substitute mother to young Luke Skywalker and repeatedly voiced her support for his dream of joining his friends at the Academy. Brew fell victim to the Empire when Imperial stormtroopers raided the family farm in search of droids thought to have top secret plans for the Empire's ultimate weapon, the Death Star. 
So we got uh, we got some details in there that we certainly know, mm-hmm. but a little bit of fun character that she was like, no, I don't think Tatooine's awful. Right. I'm happy to be a moisture farmer. This is a good, solid meat and potatoes life, <laughs> and I like it. Yeah, you have to kind of dig in if you're going to live on Tatooine. <laughs> yeah, she enjoyed putting those vegetables in that thing. Yep. Uh, so Ken, what is uh, what Every is Wikipedia? Single day, one point five six meters tall. Let's see how tall Radis is uh, again here. To uh, one point nine meters. You know, she's uh, she's uh, she was petite. Um, um, you know, she she was she stood by Owen, and I think underrated in terms of you know female characters in Star Wars because uh, you know she she had to raise Luke while while Owen did too, but he was gruff and. You could tell that there was a love and respect between Baru and Luke that, that I'm sure informed him later on in life. Absolutely. Uh, as a man who, who grew up with, uh, you know, no real mother uh, figure other than Baru. It's, I think that's important to, to point out. Um, she, um, you know, she's uh, also like she's one of the few adults who puts up with Luke's constant pining for the Academy. <laughs> Is that the phrasing of Wikipedia? That's from bon, our, our friend of the show, Bonnie Burton. Oh, that's great, Bonnie. Yeah, and it's very true. I think that's a really good point because I think Luke's nature, you know, uh, it, well, it's the, the nature versus nurture discussion. Mm-hmm. Certainly got it some kindness from Anakin and Padme, his uh, real parents, but he was nurtured by the kindness of Beru Lars, who said, this is yeah. fine. This is all fine. This is fine. <laughs> this is fine. And uh, she, you know, she's pretty tough mentally, at least, mm-hmm. because she knows the whole story. Yeah. You yeah. know, and she met his father right before he exterminated all the Tusken Raiders. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, so... She knows she's basically raising a WMD and like, that, that could go wrong at any moment right. if she's not careful. And she knows he's you just got to go out. She's not fighting destiny. She's not fighting fate. She right. is telling. Uh, she she tells right. Owen, like, look, he's going he's gonna to go. Yeah. yeah. He's got to go. Yeah. Well, so that's that. great. How do you feel about this character, I, I, yeah, I've always liked Aunt Peru. Um, there's definitely, you know, not a lot on her, but uh, the, the, her appearance in Attack of the Clones was 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 uh, was sweet. And the end of Sith, like, um, you know, again, that that poor character aged. Those twin sons, <laughs> twin uh, sons are do a lot, do a lot. Uh, from from Bonnie Peace uh, to uh, Sheila G- Fraser, Fraser, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I, yeah, yeah it, it's again we talk often about the lack of mothers in Star Wars, and this is really one of the only ones a mother figure. So yeah. uh, there's always a, a positive place and, and a and a bad poor ending for someone who's who just woke up every day and wanted to make food and blue milk and yeah. nice person. Yeah, nice nutritious blue milk she put <laughs> on the table. Uh so all right, any other thoughts on this character before we begin the yeah, combat? You're a monster. I am a monster. <laughs> you're a monster. This is horrific, but that's what we do here. Let us fight Admiral Radis versus Aunt Brew. Now we have some awesome decisions to make. Going back to some of our databank canon, we yeah. decided against what is probably actual canon eventually, that Admiral yeah. Radis survived the Battle of Scarif. Yeah. He lived to fight another day. Right. Uh, and he won that fight. Yeah. Uh, and Beru appeared in an early live episode and survived a tournament. I can't remember exactly what <laughs> happened to her, but she survived. Yeah. And she did quite well in the tournament. Right. Uh, I believe she uh, tussled with uh, Tebow. <laughs> right. <laughs> As these things happen. But uh, we need to decide. There's, there's days... 
where they could have met before the Battle of Scarif. Yeah. Certainly, somehow. Yeah. Scarif is close enough to (coughs) Tatooine. Uh, uh, Scarif, uh, again, go into our our, our, uh, website of choice for maps, swgalaxymap.com. We don't know them. Uh, We're not sponsored by them. I just like to use them. It's a good, nice, simple resource. Uh, Scarif and Tatooine, very close. Very close together. Okay. Very close together, which is weird. I, I don't know if... It's it's odd that they you know uh, go find Kenobi. Where's he? He just happens to live next door. <laughs> <laughs> He's just go borrow some blue milk. He's yeah, right next just door, just right over there. But it's it's the way we play play it loose here sometimes on Databank. I'm imagining a world, and, and what would a tournament tournament be without a fight on Tatooine? Yep. Yeah. Where the profundity was boarded by Vader's party, uh, we know bad things happened on there. We saw the ending of that, but I, I think Radis does survive. Uh, they he do, he wants to go down with the ship, but his his teammates there up there in the cockpit there they the, got him. Out. They're like you you got to go, Radis. You're more important to the rebellion. You're a leader. So he launches off an escape pod and, and ends up on Tatooine. Okay, so uh, in a, it's, it's close to what happened to him in our previous fight. Similar, right? Yeah, he he he's, he fought, he's, he fought Beezer Fortuna. He fought, he fought Beezer Fortuna I think he ended in up a med bay. bay. <laughs> Yes, they in, were a med, in, in a med bay. They're yes. in a Republic med bay, yes, right? Yes. All yes. right. So let's just say that all happened, okay. just re- because I remember it mm-hmm. uh, enough mm-hmm. on like our older databank mm-hmm. <laughs> episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let's say that um, he sets out mm-hmm. after that uh, because he has, in his great military leadership, he has picked up on these mumbled conversations okay. about some resource. Oh, that I like would that. help oh, okay. the alliance like that. so he, that's on Tatooine. I like that a lot. So no skate pod from the ship. He's just uh, no, I think he, yeah, I think everything that happened in our previous databank happened. He, he, he got healed it's, up. It's databank brawl cannon. Databank brawl cannon. He <laughs> got he got bocked it up. He's good. Mm-hmm, he's mm-hmm. all good. Uh, and he steals a ship. And I call that love it. That rat is he's such a rebel. Yeah, he steals <laughs> a. Uh, <laughs> that was not intended. There you go. Uh, and he steals a ship, and he's like, I, I have been told. Of course, I've been told that oh, Bail Organa and his associate they're on top of finding this asset, but I don't find it myself. Right. Uh, so he goes. Yeah. He okay. goes for it. And uh, where does he land on Tatooine? Does he land close to the old uh, Lars uh, homestead? What do you think, Mike? I would think so. Yeah, probably. He would probably be wise enough to look for moisture. Yeah, being he who he is, needs it. <laughs> that, yeah, that's going to be an important thing for him. Yes, yeah, yeah uh, on a, on a desert uh, planet. Yeah, you know. uh, Ken, can you say this in Radis's voice? Because sure. I want to hear it. Can you say Radis is giving this instruction to his ship? Mm-hmm. The word "scan for moisture." Okay. I have an idea. Scan for moisture. <laughs> delightful. A delightful <laughs> sentence to hear Radis say. The next time I see Stephen Stanton, he's going <laughs> to shake gonna, his head at me in disappointment. He's going to scan for moisture. Or admiration. One of the two. <laughs> scan for admiration. Uh, all right. So uh, so he, he notices. It's right when the Lars homestead is either taking in a bun- bunch of moisture. Yes. So the ship recognizes it. Harvest time. Right. <laughs> it lands. Uh, now, how close is this to the events of A New Hope? What do you guys think? This is this is. Uh, I mean, this pretty close. Could be hours. Yeah, hours. Do you yeah. think that Luke is actually out meeting Obi Wan Kenobi? Oh, that could be interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. Uh, 
<laughs> yes, yes. Moments before. Mom, yeah, yeah. Luke and 3PO are out and about. Yeah. Uh, which is good. We don't want Raddus to run into 3PO. No. no. Um, or maybe we do. That'd be super confusing. Um, Owen is down working on those condensers that Luke, you know. <laughs> He's out on the South Ridge. There'd be hell to pay. Yeah. Um, and Baru's back at the homestead. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So uh, Baru is there alone. Yes. She is Space Cuisinartin, some vegetables. Uh, exactly. And Radis, uh, now he thought that he could get to the moisture, but I don't think yeah. he's having a, a, any time. I think he, he steps out of the ship and he's like, oh, this is so much worse Just of a moisture situation. Yeah. That yeah. When he opens that door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I miss the Arctic regions, Monka. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he stumbles like, I need moisture. I need moisture. Moisture. I need to find moisture. Uh, and I think that he, I know this is disrespectful to our, our beloved Admiral Raddus, but, you know, it's, he's brave. He got in over his head. Right, right. He right. is stumbling like Frankenstein's monster <laughs> down into the home of yeah. Uh, Brew. Yeah. He looks scary because yeah. he's basically yeah. just like, ha, 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 ha. He looks like he normally looks only dehydrated, <laughs> which is <laughs> water. even worse. Yeah, and he's just yelling for water. And right. Baru is, uh, she reacts to this with with shock. And uh, I think, what does yeah. she do? What does she do? Because it's, it's, this is shocking. She's not normally seeing a creature like this just walking into her home. She, yeah, she first hears, hears noises. She's making some, some dinner for that night, thinking everyone's coming back. And yeah. she hears some noises, and she's like, Luke, Luke. <laughs> and then she emerges and sees this zombie-like fish creature. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's not Luke. <laughs> and so she immediately runs to get the house blaster. There's okay. Like a, yeah. a, sh- a space shotgun. Sure. That's <laughs> hidden under, you know, I'm going to lower 40, uh, South Ridge, uh, you know, uh, those condensers. You, uh, here's the space shotgun. Bro. Yeah. Klieg left it yeah. for his, yeah, his yeah. son. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't, didn't help Klieg survive, no. but, but it's there. Okay. So she gets this big, big, amazing rifle. I was trying not to swear. So I repeated myself. Yeah. She got a huge rifle. Uh, Mike, does she, what does she say to Radis? As she's loading it, she says, stay back, stay back. Yeah. Now, it should be noted at this point, by the time she reemerges, uh, Radis has uh, reached the closest moisture evaporator, doesn't really know how it works, and he's just sucking the side of it. Okay. <laughs> thinking there's water coming Right. Because I think that, I mean, they basically kind of have like a fridge thing yeah. that is basically, it produces yeah. some, some water for the house. And he is now just, he's put his lips on it. He is basically nursing a, a space fridge. <laughs> it is not pretty. He is sucking and he is sucking hard. Uh, and and Brew tries to yell at him yeah. and he's, he's not hearing it. So I, I think that Brew... Yeah. Uh, she doesn't want to fire. She's not a violent person. She's no. a peaceful, loving person. She stayed up late at night reading stories to Luke, mm-hmm. teaching him to, uh, mm-hmm. about love and kindness. <laughs> but Luke's coming at, home. At, at 19. At 19. She still reads Aunt to him. Aunt Rue, can you read me a story when I get to bed? <laughs> read me the one you wrote called Biggs Goes to the Academy. <laughs> uh, but she's scared. So I think she yeah. jams that rifle into Radis's guts. Okay. Uh, right into his abdomen. Bro. It's like, what are you? Who? What are you doing? Who are you? What, what was that? What have you poked me in the side with? <laughs> Who are you? And uh, so, how, so how does Radis react? Now, I think he is, uh, his military instincts kick in. He knows that he has stumbled into someone's home, but this is maybe a little bit of a fight or flight, and he's not about flight. No. So what does he do, Mike? 
I have urgent business with this moisture. <laughs> okay. Please. So he says that, away. but I think he also slaps the blaster away because <laughs> his hands, his fin hands are made for slapping. So I think he slaps the blaster away, and I think it accidentally goes off in Brew's hand. And I, it, it swings up, it blasts, and I think it shoots her treasured Cuisinart, her space Cuisinart thing. Which actually Ted uses to a gas for some reason, yeah. and it explodes. <laughs> oh, it's shrapnel everywhere. They both have to take cover. Yeah. So the the uh, ah. Brew homestead is being pinged with little yeah. bits of shrapnel. Uh, both Raddus and Brew get a, a little cut up. Not, yeah. Nothing, nothing life ending. Is, it, but is they this get a cut. pretty big explosion enough to where I mean it's not. And a little uh, steamed cabbage goes. Flying. Yeah, there's like a <laughs> little smoke trail, right? Oh yeah, for and sure. Over yonder, sev- several parsecs away, uh, high atop a dewback, a stormtrooper sees some oh, smoke. Oh yeah, uh, commander. Yeah. Uh, I think we got something over there. Yeah. All right, we'll get to that in a second. Someone just found droid parts. <laughs> All right, cool, cool, cool. Uh, so they are now uh, wounded. They're both in a state of shock. These are both kind characters who would want to talk things out, but right. they are at high-stress moments of yeah. their lives. And Radis is not in good mental shape. Radis is not in good mental shape. He lost all those people in the Battle of Scarif. Yeah. He knew it was necessary. He just fought Beza Fortuna. Beza Fortuna attacked him <laughs> in the med bay. Yeah. That was vicious. There was a fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Environments aren't being friendly. No. Anyway. Where Radis goes, there's always fire and no moisture. It's terrible for a Mon Calamari. Uh, so I think he just, uh, it, 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 he knows it's shrapnel hitting him, but he, he reaches out and he pushes. Right. He pushes Brew away. He pushes Brew away. What happens next, Ken? Um, get, get away. Call up a hammerhead. No, wait. Um, <laughs> one, I, just, I just need moisture. I'll leave you alone. I just need moisture. I'll be on my way. I'm looking, I'm looking for someone by the name of Kenobi. Okay, so when he pushes mm-hmm. uh, Brew, what, what happens? Does she stumble? Does she fall? Does she stay, stay on her feet? What happens there? He pushed her in a way. Yeah, have you ever taken like a, a moldy leaf of lettuce and slapped someone's face with it? No, <laughs> I haven't either. But this is what I would imagine it would be. His flipper arms just kind of push up against her. Okay. There's no force behind it. She just kind of moves out of the way. It's more that it grosses way. her out. Yeah, anything. she's more like, eh, stop. Okay, yeah, because yeah. they're dry and leathery, and they yeah. shouldn't be at this point. Yes. No, it's oh, scary yeah. to her. Yes. Right, yes. okay. Okay, so uh, she stumbles back, and I think everything that you said, Radis said, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. he is so dehydrated. Yeah. It came out as, ha, 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 It's really unfortunate and scary to her. So uh, she's... Sounds like a part of the Beatles song, You Know My Name, Look Up the Number. Let's remember for a moment, she ha- was probably one of the biggest lookers on television. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Owen. So she's really had guys hit it. on her before. Yeah. Oh yeah. She's used to she's used yeah. to dealing with drunken rowdy yeah. dudes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They you used know? to go into she, most icely for days. She has yeah. a restraining yeah. order against Wu Hair. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she probably thought he needs a little sobering up. Uh-huh. Grab yeah. that pitcher of blue milk. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. What does throw she do with it? Right that? in his face. She throws uh, does she throw the milk or she throw the, the entire milk. pitcher? The milk. Okay. okay. Yeah. So this, this is this guy needs sobering up. Half, <laughs> half attack, half mercy. Yeah. yeah. Throwing yeah. blue milk in his face. Merce attack. What yeah. do you think the effect 
on a Mon Calamari physiology. Oh, mm-hmm. that's a good question. Is blue milk. I think it's maybe not helpful. <laughs> it, it here's what it is. It knocks him flat on his back. Really? He's so weak, the force of it and the shock of this liquid hitting his face. Okay. He falls back and he's on the ground and there's a pause and Baru's just kind of looking around like, did I kill him? Did he knock himself <laughs> out? And you and you just see slowly this Mon Calamari tongue like and there's blue milk all over his face. He's like, oh, so good, so good. What is this? What is this? I must. Oh, I'm coming back to life. Oh, and she does. She just doesn't know at this point what to do. Okay, what to do? Okay, so you think that the blue milk is hydrating him? I think it's hydrating his lips. It's hydrating his lips. Okay, his I think this did is terrible. Just, did yeah. she just give him the galactic equivalent of angel dust? Did yeah. she just like, <laughs> there we go. That's what like, I was. That's what I was fishing for. I think in the spirit of databank brawl. Yes. Uh, you know, we, we we're yes. trying to tell a narrative of battle, and we keep <laughs> stepping ourselves back because we love these characters. But this right. is this is our gift. Yeah. This is our curse here on databank yeah. brawl. It's not right. databank nice chat with two characters we like. Yeah. <laughs> databank. Brawl. So yeah, I data think databank chats is coming next. Databank chats will for sure do. <laughs> <laughs> Tea with databanks. Um, so I think this is a great, the great suggestion. I was thinking maybe it boils his flesh or that, but oh, no, I think it okay. is. I think it has a drug effect on him. So he thinks. I he's think like, this is an oh, ar- this blue is milk is a narcotic to the Montcalmari. Right. Oh, this is all of a sudden like there's these tingles. I'm invincible. <laughs> <laughs> He, he stands up. He is suddenly at Laser Floyd. He stands up, rips off his like vest that he still has on from the Battle of Scarif. Yeah, rips it off, and and yells like, "I am one with the Force." <laughs> oh no! Yes, and he starts dancing to music that only Admiral Raddus can hear. Now this it, he, Yes, there was one point he, on a mission He ran into a Bith busker <laughs> heard their beautiful psychedelic music uh, And this does not translate as a dance no. To Baru Baru has seen various strange species yeah. And most likely do uh, fight dances Yes Dances of Combat war Combat rituals yes. Combat rituals Oh, huge flailing limbs Flailing at strange, awkward angles, sudden turns and spins. He's demolishing the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. joy in his heart, but from the outside, it is a... Yeah. Oh, it's horrible. Terrifying. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, she saw Hammerhead do this once <laughs> <laughs> at the back of the cantina. Mama and the Dunn dancing yeah. in his blue onesie. Yeah, yeah. not good. Not good. <laughs> never again, she said to herself. <laughs> yeah. Never ag- well, never again. And on that, she that's yeah. where she, I think she re-grabs the space shotgun. Yes. Okay. And uh, Wisely. Wisely, I think she has to take a shot. Yeah. She takes a shot. He's, yeah. he's exposed. She trembles his, as she pulls the trigger. Okay, and she's just. She's shooting to wound, right? Mm-hmm. I think uh, so. She squares up the shot, uh, mm-hmm. it, like it's a Tuscan Raider coming coming for Luke. Uh, his soft underbelly is exposed. Oh, well, he yeah. has his shirt off. Yeah, he has yeah. his shirt off. So I think she and she thinks like I think there's enough uh, uh, fleshy meat there that mm-hmm. if I graze his belly, yeah, it, it will smell like I'm cooking fish and he'll live. Yeah, <laughs> and I think she shoots his belly. Yeah. And, oh, and it, it, she grazes him. It burns. He, oh. he pivots and he falls. Yeah. What does he do next, Ken? Uh, I think he's still under the influence. Okay. Um, 
you know, if you've ever seen the frightening footage of you know police officers trying to arrest people on PCP, it <laughs> yeah. does it it goes for a yeah. while. That's so, all you got. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a lot of that kind of attitude at the wrong time. Yeah, it does. It does. Uh, I've, I've seen things myself. Um, so he crawls. He's crawling towards the door. He's like, to my escape pod. I'm going to burn. But he stands up. I like blue. that he announces this. <laughs> yeah, he's covered in blue milk. It blue is milk. now caking on his he's, face as it dries. He's bleeding, which I imagine. Did we determine some sort of blue as well? I, I think, think yeah, yeah. some blue blood. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's all mixed blood. together. And she doesn't want to take another shot. So yeah. she's. I think she says, leave now. Yeah, and I think, uh, since we, we've had a little tradition now here uh, on this episode of Song, I think he is singing to himself <laughs> his favorite uh, Mon Calamari song of youth. Yeah. He's seeing these lights. What does what the song sound like, Ken? Mm, by the lights of the northern regions, I will go, I will go. By the lights of the northern region, I will go, I will go. No hammerhead Corvette can keep me from going. No hammerhead Corvette can keep me from knowing. I will still find victory. And just as he's getting to the climax of the song, mm-hmm. Brew takes the back end of the rifle and just cracks him across the head. Just cracks him across the head as hard as possible. She couldn't she can't understand the song, but it was on the exact end beat. Whack. And I think this is a good place to pause our battle. Yes. And yeah. decide not only who should win, but who will win. Mm-hmm. Who do we want to win? Who has to win based on our narrative? What are you guys feeling? What are you thinking? Well, as as much as I thought it was on his side, yeah. <laughs> up until that the last few seconds, the battle turned horribly <laughs> against him. Yeah. Uh, I think Andrew's uh, got this one in yeah. the bag. It's it, hers to lose, basically. Yeah, it, you know? it's all about finishing the fight. Yeah, like in the NFL, you got to play sixty. Don't let that fourth quarter get away from you. <laughs> yeah, and, and Radis did not finish the game. No, and yeah. uh, I love I love Admiral Radis, um, but he didn't earn this one. And his moment in the sun is probably too little. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. His moment in the sun was uh, perhaps too long on Tatooine. Too, too, yeah. too long. I think the story we told today mm-hmm. is that we love Radis. We love him for his boldness, but he keeps extending himself. He he survived yes. the Battle of Scarif. He survived the Battle of the Met Bay with Beezer <laughs> Fortuna. And then he's like, "I'm even going to take it farther. I'm going to yeah. find this Kenobi guy." Yes. And oh, if he had just slowed down, just slowed down. He yeah. and Akbar could have been, he, he could have been in Akbar's seat on, yeah. on home one in the Battle of Endor. Yeah, he just uh, he has little patience. It's right there in his database entry. He has little right. patience for the endless committee meetings, and he <sighs> he needed a committee meeting. Yeah, and he pushed too far. Yep. And Baru has that strength of a person defending their home, their true home. Oh yeah, that other people see as like a little joke. This is her home. It's her homestead. This is her home. She worked right. hard on that blue right. milk. She loves that Cuisinart. So <laughs> I think <laughs> she doesn't, she's not a violent person. And I don't think she wants, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think she wants Radish to die. So I think she, she get, they have that, uh, I think they have that old Treadwell droid, right? Yeah. 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 Um, and I think she gets help from that droid. Yeah. And they drag Radis out. Back to his escape pod. You could drag him back to his ship. Yeah. And I think... It's a long journey. It's a long journey. She's, She's worn out. And her and the droid... Even the droid is tired. Oh, yeah. Um, she takes... She leaves, you know, not blue milk, but a little bit of food, something for this creature when he wakes up. And you know, she's like, I don't envy you the headache you'll have when you wake up there. Um 
And they and they, I think I think they they make their way back to the homestead. Okay. Yeah. So I, she puts him on the ship, right? Yeah. I think she uh, gives him a little care package too. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know what he likes to eat, but she gives him some stuff, a little right. bit from their right. stocks. Uh, and does she set it to take off? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just the nearest inhabitable planet that has a lot of moisture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> she sets the coordinates for moisture, which ironically might mean it heads back to Scarif. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, just bounce right back. <laughs> so, Baru. But then she has to go home and deal with Uncle Owen. Yeah. yeah. You're not going to believe the day I've had. A, uh, a mysterious and terrible fate. Not mysterious. Well, not that mysterious and not that. Well, it's still terrible. It's pretty terrible. Terrible. But yeah. uh, the thing about Mon Calamari is their blood is highly flammable. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a feeling some stormtroopers just came by to ask a few questions. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> pretty routine. One of them lights up a death stick accidentally. <laughs> What's going on in there? I don't know. They're talking to these old people. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a smoke. You got a death stick? Everybody's got death sticks. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> just... <laughs> We got to make it look like sand people did this. We, we did not do this. We're going to get in trouble. Oh, no. Uh, Ken, to close out this part of our episode, Radis wakes up in his pod heading back to Scarif. Yeah. What does he say to himself? He does, he's very groggy, rubs his eyes, um, and is like, what, what, have I, what have I done? What was that? I must find out. I'll make it up to them. I'll, I'll send a care package to them. Uh, in return, I... Let me see where I'm heading. Scarif! <laughs> Scarif! <laughs> no! And cut to credits on that one. So that is our battle. Our brutal, sad battle between Admiral Raddus and So really, Brewers. there are no winners on Tatooine? No, there's <laughs> never a winner on Tatooine, really. Is there? God, we try, we try. That was perhaps the most emotionally wrenching battle. But this is a mini tournament. That was tough. And therefore, we have one battle left, which, given the combatants that we've allowed to continue, allowed to victory, is going to be even more difficult <laughs> to figure out. So we have, in our final round of this <laughs> tournament, we have our victor from the first round, Chopper, mm-hmm. going up against our victor from the second round, Aunt Brew. Oh, man. And that's not enough. That's not enough weirdness for me, fellows. No. So we are going to have, for the first time, to celebrate our big, weird 50th episode, we are going to have a three-way fight. Ooh. And a new challenger suddenly appears. Oh, wow. I love it. A challenger who has appeared on Databank Brawl before, but perhaps did not get enough time in the sun. And that challenger is Jar Jar Banks. Oh, Misa's so happy to come in the back. <laughs> So this will be a three-way fight between Chopper, Aunt Beru, and Jar Jar Binks, just like you've always dreamed of, dear listeners. I don't know if I had enough whiskey for this fight here. Uh, Well, (laughs) we can refresh. Uh, Here is what the StarWars.com databank has to say about Jar Jar Binks, and then we'll get into this. This I'd like to hear. (laughs) How can they give a little bit of joy to Jar Jar? Here's how they describe him. A clumsy, well-meaning Gungan outcast on Naboo, Jar Jar Binks struggled to prove his worth throughout his life. So depressing. (laughs) Putting his awkward past behind him, 
Jar Jar left the swamps of Naboo to enter the even murkier waters of Coruscant politics, <laughs> becoming a representative for his people in the galactic capital. There, his best intentions and eagerness to serve were exploited by scheming senators and others in positions of power. Mm-hmm. So really, I mean, this is just a little mini documentary of the mm-hmm. sad life of Jar Jar Binks, mm-hmm. who could never get anything right. <sighs> So, you got anything in Wikipedia that we want to share about Jar Jar to flesh him out before we go into this horrific I mean, battle? Everything, everything about yeah. That's that's, that's the, whiskey. the bang of the whiskey. That's the bang of the whiskey, uh, which I think is uh, it's a great rock song we have <laughs> not heard but yet. Um, <laughs> Terrible Bon Jovi album. Yeah. <laughs> uh, their follow up to Slippery the Wet Wet, the Bang of the Whiskey was uh, not as popular. Um, so, all right. Um, what I'm trying to say is there, there's so much known about Jar Jar. And if, you, if you watch the Clone Wars, his appearances, uh, yeah. we're, we're, we're not as harsh, but maybe not uh, without some controversies. They've validated um, him a little bit more. Yeah, I think. Yeah. But, you know, Disa, he's in Naboo. Think I helped the Uh-Oh Empire. Me, oh, no, no. Um, <laughs> that is, of course, from Aftermath Empires. Yeah. Where we learn that Jar Jar Binks, uh, his back turned, everyone turned their back on Jar Jar, friends, Gungans alike, because they thought he just messed up too much, cost everyone too much, and may have been helping the Empire. He was so bad. Yeah. Um, he became a street clown in Naboo. A sad clown. A sad clown helping refugee children, or, you know, children refugees, I should say. Yes. Uh, all, all the one there. Um, so, um, uh, it's a sad ending. He befriends Mapo. A little uh, refugee yep. boy, and uh, they become they become friends. They become close, and it's it's a bittersweet, but still they both get a little nice bit of joy ending from Jar Jar, and that's that's finally uh, accounted for here in, in Wikipedia. It is I, canon. Yeah, it's canon. Yeah, yeah, and we didn't have that before, Mike. I really want your take on what has now in that short little interlude in uh, Empire's End. I feel like the full picture of Jar Jar has been completed. That he is. A sad clown. He is the Jerry Lewis, Charlie Chaplin of the Star Wars galaxy. How is you are a comedian? You are a comedian who likes self-deprecating humor. Yeah, but you like spreading joy. How do you feel about Jar Jar at this point? Yeah, mine is intentional though, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, and I, I I'd like to think I spread a lot more joy than Jar Jar has. Uh, <laughs> Even if I spread, like, six ounces of joy, I think that's far more than Jar Jar's given us. But uh, (laughs) I don't know. I kind of like the idea, the theory that floats around that he might be a Sith. Okay. That uh, I've always liked that he might be playing the way Yoda played at the beginning in Dagobah. Oh. Of I'm I'm this annoying little idiot and you're just going to have to deal with me, but actually I'm not. I'm actually very very smart and I right. voted the emperor into power and I did a lot of things that, that right. flummoxed you, you know, and uh I you know, unfortunately none of that's canon, so uh you know we're a little know. we're a little loose you know? here on Bank yeah. Brawl. We can make decisions now. I, yeah. I'm I'm op- I love the sad even, clown story, but I'm open yeah. to uh, Darth Jar Jar. Perhaps and, and joining the fight, if, even if he were that, he wouldn't be allowed to reveal it probably during 
Well, uh, you know, uh, we don't know how the fight ends up. Yeah, fight, we don't know yeah, when it know, happens it yet. It could so, take right. some turns. Yeah, yeah. okay. So <laughs> here is the most compelling thing that you just said, Mike, and you say yeah. a lot of compelling things. So Thank you. what I like. <laughs> said at least seven in my life. <laughs> I, I have been, uh, the, the power of black has compelled me uh, many times. Uh, th- you, you dangled the thought of what does, if Jar Jar is indeed the mastermind, what the F does he actually want? Mm. If he's pulling the strings, in what direction mm-hmm. and how and why? And I think we can maybe think about yeah. that as we enter mm-hmm. our fight. Anything else before we begin? I am. Uh, I never thought life would take me to this moment. <laughs> <laughs> then let us begin our final fight of the 50th episode of Databank Brawl. This is the huge combat between Chopper and Brew in Jar Jar Binks, the three-way you never wanted to see or hear. Do but it. here it is. Do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Do it. So, um, well, good God, where and when does this happen? Fellows, help me. Well, as Admiral Raddus is flying away, um, (laughs) another ship escape pod from the Battle of Scarif, only a couple of parsecs away, I don't know distance, um, lands, crash lands, and Baru and uh, uh, Owen Lars, there's there's about an hour. Between Raddus wow. leaving and right. the stormtroopers arriving, <laughs> she's in had a, a busy bag. day. And yeah. Owen still hasn't come home yet. Yeah, you know, he's home. They're he's talking home. about the day. Yeah. Uh, she's like, "Well, I made some food for you, but I had to use it in a fight right. against some sort of uh, space creature. Our space creature already exploded." Um, yeah. He's like, "Ah, there'll, there'll be hell to pay." <laughs> um, he's like, "All right, I'm gonna go relax. I need to, you know, uh, where's Luke? Has anyone seen Luke? Uh, this is oh. Luke's fault. Yeah, he's he's probably hanging out with Cammy and Wormy and." all those people again. <laughs> I think, uh, so, uh, I think he actually leaves the homestead again. Okay. So, I think that he, because there's no food, mm-hmm. I think he goes into Mos Eisley for takeout. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think he goes and gets, I don't know what, what Star Wars. Call ahead to Wuhair and place an order. I'll be there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> food from the Gandina has uh. got to be nasty. <laughs> so, yeah, you know he's having a hard day. So, he's going to go there. Uh, yeah, he's yeah, going to so go get out. some Rodian fingers that have been cooked up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he's so he's out. Uh, Baru okay. hears a sound off in the distance. She's okay. like, oh no, not again, Luke. No, she goes up, grabs this what's the what the space shotgun, which the butt of the shotgun is damaged. Oh, it, right. it's the yeah, it Moncala blood on it. Yeah, uh, and she goes up there and she sees a weird astromech droid she's seen a lot of droids come through and it's yeah. got like a wheel yeah it's kind of limping half the rockets like yeah um approaching yeah and i think she she raises uh the blaster mm-hmm. it's like please mm-hmm. please just go away stay away please go away and uh here's what I, here's what i think mm-hmm. happened uh chopper of course was in the battle of scarif yes uh, there are a lot of ships in the Battle of Scarif. Yeah. A lot of people there that we don't know about. Yeah. And I think Jar Jar was one of them. I can, I can, I can, I can accept that. Or you think wow. that Jar Jar was with the crew of the Ghost? <laughs> <laughs> Hera, I need to talk to you before you leave. <laughs> yes, yes, Mon. There's someone I'm going to have to have you take <laughs> with you. It's kind of a charity project, but he means a lot to Obi-Wan. 
uh, who we are searching for. Who's that? You, you'll find out. Ezra didn't tell you? No. Okay. It, uh, this is cool. awkward. Cool. This is awkward. Uh, cool, cool, cool. Um, Mon Mothma's catchphrase. You, you're, you're, going to, you're going to get a new crewmate. Uh, well, Mon, a- anything for you. Uh, and with Kanan or Ezra possibly dead at this point, I don't yeah. know. I need some help. Uh, I'll take whoever you got. Yeah. Okay, Hera. Meet your new crew member, uh, the Gungan, the great Gungan political uh, leader and warrior, uh, Jar Jar Binks. Oh, Misa, very, very happy to be joining the crew of the coast. Uh, Mom, Mom, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to disagree with you here <laughs> that this is happening. No, 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 Hera, I'm, you're gonna have to do this for me. <laughs> you, you already said. You already said yes. Yeah, no, no takey backs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no takey backs in space. You know the horrific adventures aboard the Ghost during the Battle of Scarif is a story for another time. May con- have contributed to why the Ghost <laughs> Hera survives. Yeah, we don't know the state of the Ghost, and that's why <laughs> Chopper had to escape. He he escaped, and he did not want to escape with Jar Jar, but Jar Jar stowed away, mm. perhaps even accidentally. Maybe he tripped and fell into the escape pod. Oh, Maybe accidentally. Doubt. Chopper was trying Not to get unlikely. yeah. Chopper was yeah. trying to get on a, get away on his own. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it was actually pushing Jar Jar away at the time. This is a. a prequel databank brawl and um, gets into the escape pod not knowing that Jar Jar somehow tripped and stumbled into the back. And the question that we don't know is did Jar Jar legitimately trip or was this part of a Machiavellian plan because he realized that there was some actual power of force yeah. Nearby. Music we'll, gotta get on there. We'll never know. It also costs. So Jar Jar just when uh, Brew is pointing the blaster at Chopper and begging him to shut up and turn around, uh, Jar Jar explodes from this uh, the second escape pod of the day. He does his big flip, and Mike, what does he say when he lands? Muy, muy happy to be here. Back home. I haven't been here in forever. I wonder where Watto is. <laughs> so he knows where he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He's aware. He's aware. Very, very aware. Like he looks he around. He senses it. Oh, this is where me, Misa met Annie. <laughs> very Musa party, po- positive memories. Muy, muy like. Squeeze me. Squeeze me. Can we go to Masespa? Yeah. And uh, he sees how Cranky. This is, I think, the first time Chopper realizes this happened. Oh, so yeah. Chopper realizes, looks, and he uh-huh. he he farts anger. Prank. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Pure fart anger. And uh, <laughs> there's also the side effect of the new restaurant Chronic Taco. <laughs> <laughs> anger farts with every taco. Uh, and Brew's like, oh, for God's sakes. Uh, and what do they do, guys? What? Do, what? How do they react? Upon presence of Jar Jar. seeing the Gungan, um, Brew, mind you, spent enough time with Padme uh, and Anakin when they were hanging out, and they heard tales. She knows right away. Oh, even if it's not the Gungan, she knows of the Gungans. A Gungan, and other than Tarples, I don't want this man around. No, most of their leaders will spit on you. She's right. heard. Yes. <laughs> so she takes a, a shot, a warning shot. Okay. With that space shotgun. Yeah. And just boom, right, right in front of their feet. Yeah. And I think that, uh, of course, Jar Jar dances out of the way, mm-hmm. and he immediately steps in some poodoo. 
<laughs> some Yopi Poodoo. Piyosa. <laughs> and he hopes that this is going to entertain people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he do, he, he's, got, he's got a couple quick jokes about stepping in Poodoo. He's got something in his back pocket. Mike, what, what, what is jokes about stepping in Poodoo? Another day, another pile of Poodoo. <laughs> <laughs> He attempts to wipe it on the ground. <laughs> Only <laughs> most of it ends up on Chopper. On Chopper. On yeah. Chopper. Okay, so he's, he does a bit with an unwilling comedy partner. Yes. He starts wiping. Yes. EOP fecal matter yeah. on Chopper. The more he tries to clean it off of Chopper, the worse yeah. it gets. He's just spreading it around. He's just finger painting now. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's disgusting. We told you at the beginning of this podcast we that we were starting with crotch bandages and we were going to go lower. <laughs> We've reached some new loves. Here yeah. we are. We're as low. This is in the Star Wars databank brawl limbo. This is as low as we can go. This is low. It's all it. up from here. I love it. Uh, so Baru has had it. Her husband is out getting Rodian fingers for dinner. Gross. <laughs> She's had it. And she wants nothing these people can. How does she just, like, they got to go, right? Yeah. So what does she do? She fires again. She fires again. And this time it nicks uh, Jar Jar's shoulder, left shoulder, and left uh, flappy ear. Okay. Just boom, boom. She's not a great shot. He spins like a top. Yeah. <laughs> right? Exactly. Yes. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> and in doing so... Lisa no- Knocks over Chopper. Okay, so he he spins. Mm-hmm. There's even more alien fluid in her life today. Yes, Jar Jar is yeah. bleeding, and it is not, it's spinning like a sprinkler, like yes. a lawn sprinkler of Gungan blood. He knocks <laughs> Chopper over. <laughs> Chopper doesn't mean to fire, uh, to but his rocket goes off. Right, and I think he shoots. Mm-hmm. He like he goes flying against mm-hmm. his will, and he's tumbling and boop yes. boop 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 boop. And for a moment, it is just a strange Gungan bleeding alone with Baru. Now, Mike, I'm, I'm going to hand this to you at this moment. Gungan alone with Baru. Are we dealing with a sad clown, or does the Gungan reveal something <laughs> darker and deeper in this moment to Baru? Well, he springs up. Just as he did before in a jump that you'll notice is quite Jedi-like. Yes. <laughs> little, little, yeah, double the tumble in the middle. Uh, lands back on his feet, tries to scrape some of the blood off of mm-hmm. his shoulder, mm-hmm. and casually waves his hand past Baru and says, Weapon, too scary. <laughs> and she feels compelled to drop it. So, oh, wow. He... Sith mind tricks mm-hmm. Aunt Brew mm-hmm. into dropping her weapon. She just, it falls slowly out of her hands. It tumbles, tumbles okay. under the ground. Now, Ken, does she shake it off? Does she realize what's happened to her? Or is she totally ignorant in she, the Force arts? She's definitely, she's been around Force users. Yeah. She, she feels knows. something's weird. She can't quite put her hand on it. And so she. She she backs away. She drops the gun. She backs away, and she's like, "I I, I don't want any trouble. I just I, I had a, I've had a rough day. Yeah, please don't. Yeah, and I think she has a moment. There's a moment in her eyes where where Jar Jar can see that she knows right that she certainly obeyed his command, but she's kind of aware that something happened. Mm-hmm. And Jar Jar realizes, uh oh, he needs to cover up. Yeah. So I think that he steps towards her, but on purpose. He steps on the blaster. <laughs> he, he allows it to shoot himself in the eye stock. 
It awesome How does he do that? It's great to to have that level of accuracy and slapstick. It is mysterious. Yeah. So he he stumps on it. It blasts himself in the eye, and he starts doing a dance of pain. Awesome, Nosa. Awesome. That's gonna leave a marker. Oh, Nosa. And just as Chopper is scrambling back in. Jar Jar shakes the rifle loose from his foot. It fires again and hits Chopper dead center in the face. <laughs> Boom! In the face. Oh, Chopper's face is having a bad run here on Databank Brawl. And in his droid mind, in his receptors, <laughs> Chopper logs this note for himself. Always act first. Yes. Yes. So he realizes this From is the here time. on out. And I think <laughs> Chopper is now in full combat mode. He's having his own never again moment. <laughs> yeah. It, Last time this happens to me. It took out his visual receptor. So now oh, he no. is he is literally firing blind. But as we have seen <laughs> in what is perhaps my favorite Star Wars gif, there's the gif where he picks up two blasters. <laughs> yep. And he just goes rolling down a hallway. Right. I think he he uh, his sensors, not his, his visual ones, but uh, the rest can detect where the shot came from. And I think he just... Uh, he uh, ejects some uh, scooper appendage. He grabs right. up a bunch of sand, and he just comes flying. And there's sand. Appendage. His scooper appendage. <laughs> he just gave Chopper a scooper. A scooper appendage. This, yeah, it's like Love he's it. cleaning in a litter box. Love but uh, so he's <laughs> grabbing all this. So it, it, it's uh, like those new things we saw in the last Jedi trailer. It is. He's throwing sand oh, out yeah, behind yeah, yeah. him. He's yeah. grabbing it up, and he is just launching himself and throwing sand towards where the blast came from. All at Jar Jar. Yeah. So I think he just. Pummels into Jar Jar yeah. just with an explosion of sand right. and droid rage. Yeah, I think I think Baru Baru sees this as an opportunity right. to run the hell away. Yeah, so she's running back to, towards the homestead. Maybe yeah. she can use a, a communicator to reach uh, Owen. Yeah. Uh, to maybe get some help, um, maybe one of their next door neighbors, which is a couple leagues away. Mm-hmm. Maybe Jawas at this point. She'll take Anything. any kind of help. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she's running back to safety. Yeah. Um, Chopper, as he has a scooper appendage, um, now creating so much sand. Just he he tries to sense where this this creature is, this yeah. Gungan, and he tries to do uh, a launch at him. And 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 he and he misses. Okay, so little rocket tries to do like the spear, boom, and just misses and lands on the sand himself. Nice. And now Jar Jar might have a moment. Okay, he, I think Jar Jar. Well, a strange thing about Gungans, mm-hmm. they're flappy, they're amphibian. Oh, they're flappy, but they got teeth. <laughs> Yeah. Right. I'm not imagining that. I didn't just have a fever dream because of Mr. Apple Juice. Right. Nope. Gungans yep. have clear. Yep, teeth. Big, big, big teeth. Big chopper. And they really shouldn't. It's unnatural. Yeah. They're like a Lovecraft creature. Yeah. <laughs> so I think uh, Jar Jar uses his teeth. I think he reaches out and I think he tries to bite the scooper appendage off Chopper. <laughs> and that's a mistake. That's a mistake because it's full of sand, right? And it's metal. <laughs> and it's metal. And so what hap- what happens in the battle of teeth? Aquatic teeth are no match for metal. No. They're used to biting uh, fish and bigger yeah. fish. Right. <laughs> so it cr- there's a loud crack. Okay. Yeah. So he has gone too far. So what happens, Mike? He yeah. pulls back, and his teeth are now rigid and jagged and grotesque. Mm-hmm. And... 
for a split second with his yellow eyes and the glimmer <laughs> behind him and his jagged teeth. Yeah. Chopper sees something unholy. <laughs> yeah. He sees the, a true dark Jedi master yeah. that uh, Jar Jar could potentially be. Yeah. yeah. I think, no, no, Chopper's uh, visual receptor has been impaired. Right. So, but mm-hmm. I like the spirit of this. Yes. I think he, I think he hears yeah, he a sets. noise of pure Gungan evil. What does pure, unnatural Gungan evil sound like, Mike? Super unsettling. A it's not unlike Boss Nass sleeping. <laughs> Very similar. <laughs> this strange purr of Gungan evil that makes Chopper suddenly know I am in deep trouble. Right. And I think uh, I think that uh, Jar Jar has a moment, much like we see Sidious have, mm-hmm. where he says to him, "Misa, Misa can't hold it in." And I think for just a moment, yeah. Mike, as you were alluding to, his flesh bubbles mm-hmm, in the mm-hmm. full Sith truth. Right. His internal evil bubbles out, and he does have the yellow eyes. One of the eye stock is grazed and bleeding, but the eyes are yellow. Mm-hmm. His face is suddenly wizened. He's hunched over, and his mm-hmm. strangely big amphibian's hands are, are gnarled and just out of energy and rage from his weird, flappy ears. Lightning shoots out. <laughs> From his ears, it just <laughs> explodes into the sky. His ears fan out behind him. Yeah. <laughs> a few leagues away, that same stormtrooper <laughs> on a dewback now sees lightning, and he's like, guys, look, uh, like an hour ago there was smoke, <laughs> yeah. now there's lightning. I think we need to go over there. Really- uh, all right, all right, we're, we're, we're going to head over there. We just had an incident <laughs> at a cantina. Uh, we're going to figure some stuff out, all right? We're, we're heading over there. There's like a whole 70s yacht rock song, <laughs> yacht rock song over there. There's yeah. smoke, there's lightning, everything. <laughs> uh, right, so Jocher, Jocher, Chopper only senses this, uh, but he knows it's not right. Uh, I think Baru had run away, and then she feels this... Mm-hmm. Electricity in the air, yeah, and she realizes uh, she's not force sensitive, but any any normal being is disturbed when they they, mm-hmm. they sense something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the, not the, the, that's not right. Yeah, and she decides I need to go back. I need to go back and deal with this. Yeah, uh, so I think uh, she runs out. Now, where did we leave the the space? Rifle. The shotgun. space shotgun is out by Jar Jar. It's out by Jar Jar. She dropped it, yeah. She dropped yeah. it. Oh, based on his commands. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I think she just grabs what she can. I think mm-hmm. there is a jagged, twisted bit of metal from the exploded space, uh, Cuisinart. Right, right, right. And she just grabs that. And right. she she has taught Luke that you should do the right thing, mm-hmm. that you should stand up when there's trouble. And there's just something in there that says there's something not right out there. Right. Deeply not right. And I have to do something. She grabs this and she runs out. Mm hmm. Uh, I think Jar Jar recontains himself. Yeah. Chopper gets back up. And now we have Jar Jar mm-hmm. bleeding, hidden. Right. We have uh, Aunt Brew with a jagged weapon. Right. We have Chopper damaged, mm-hmm. frightened, and angry. Yeah. And I think this is the moment to pause our three-way combat. Yeah. And decide who needs to win, who should win. This is a dark day, it's, perhaps. For me... It actually is pretty simple. Okay. And not just because it fits the narrative we've created for these three fights, but it, um, Aunt Brew is the only pure soul there. 
Mm. Yeah. Chopper's old, beaten, too sassy. Bit of an a-hole. <laughs> and Jar Jar's a Sith. He's yeah. a Sith. He is, un- unfortunately, just true. Yeah. Um, whether or not they die, I don't know. Chopper, as we know, maybe continues on to try to join a union. Oh, yeah. Chopper, but, Chopper lives, I think. But um, Baru has to walk away. Yeah. Morally. I, yeah. I don't know if I could accept anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel, Mike? Uh, elaborate on your feelings. Well, I feel she's already doomed mm-hmm. anyway, so uh, I wouldn't rob her of her actual fate. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I think Jar Jar will, would l- probably live through this encounter, but be much more the scarred for it. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, so I'm all for us following canon, and both real canon and what we have set up, yeah, that yeah. Uh, Chopper right. lives, Brew lives for... A very short amount of time, yeah. and uh, and certainly Jar Jar lives. But who physically wins this fight, and who should Jar Jar wins the fight physically? Okay, yeah. he has the the power of evil in him. Yeah, and uh, uh, I think as as Baru's coming to to end it, uh, I think he. We'll get to the narrative. I don't want to okay. jump into narrative. Okay. I want to make sure that we're clear on feelings before we go to narrative. Yeah, yeah. But we will. Uh, so you feel like Jar Jar should win? I think so, yeah. Okay. But how do you... Physically, uh, yeah. How does that make you feel? Do you feel... Uh, who do you want to win? Uh, I, uh, I mean, I wish Baru would kill them both. Yeah. But yeah. I don't think that's possible. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. Mike, are you the same way that you feel that Baru is Pretty being much, the pure but soul? I, uh, my caveat is even though... Even if Jar Jar weren't a Sith, mm-hmm. I think he's the most physically dominant specimen. He has clumsy foo. Yeah, yeah, he has mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. He he's just so lucky. Yeah, or intentionally evil. One of the two. <laughs> uh, that it's just even though the entire universe, fictionally and in the real world, loathe him, he just won't die, and and that just <laughs> seems to to hold true. You know. <laughs> He is the last Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> he may well be. He turns. Unfortunately. Okay, cool. Because that's what I wanted to dig for, because I feel like what we happens here on Databank Brawl is right. we are true to our stories, we are true to our narrative, but we try to also fight to give characters either shame if they deserve it or a little bit of glory. Right. So let's end this narratively. Chopper, Chopper gets his day, but Brew, we need to give Brew a moment of glory while Jar Jar has the physical victory. So let's tell that story to bring this home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ken, you had some thoughts. Uh, I just think he, I think Jar Jar stands up. I think he gathers a little bit of his focus. Uh, he kind of lost it before and his cover's blown. Now he kind of figures, well, this is where we're at. Um, so I think he, I think he force pushes Baru. Ooh. Ooh. She's been, get off my land. Get off my land. I'm going to kill you. And he like, <laughs> she force is force pushed all, almost all the way back to her, the door. Yeah. Uh, then he turns to Chopper, uh, and he's about to destroy Chopper. Ooh. When Chopper does something very unexpected. Ooh. As best he can, he kneels and says, <laughs> and Jar Jar says, I never thought of having my own apprentice. Oh. Oh. But I accept that. So much like Anakin, mm-hmm. Chopper realized, perhaps to save his loved ones, mm-hmm. that he would make a deal with the devil. Mm-hmm. I like this. Always two there are. <laughs> a Gungan and a fart droid. 
All right, so Chopper, I think probably uh, I'm I I totally believe that I think by kneeling he basically just puts his his legs backwards, yes, and yeah. basically just <laughs> clunks forward. He clunks with forward no, with no wheel extended. And here now I've given you get the general idea that, that he's kneeling. With, you, you, with what looks, he's doing it looks real dumb. <laughs> he's got a scooper appendage that has been uh, mostly successfully bitten off. He's, yeah. He actually uh, he accepted some of George's teeth back into his body. He didn't mean to. That was real gross. But another appendage that he has is he has his line appendage that's in the back uh-huh and uh-huh. basically it's just two little things that cross yes so like <laughs> like us humans cross our fingers when we're lying and we yeah. don't really mean it <laughs> he has his line crossing appendages because that's the spirit of chopper yeah yeah so he whatever he, it takes he's thinking if i can team up with this guy yeah and pretend enough i can learn who he is and get information back to hera yeah yeah and so he learns these dark truths, mm-hmm. and Jar Jar allows him to jet off yeah. back to the escape pod. Yeah. And, uh, and Chopper explodes back out into space, yeah. looking for a better place to land. Yeah. Now, uh, Baru needs a moment, moral clarity, mm-hmm. moral victory. Yeah. Uh, so I think that uh, while... Jar Jar Binks is dis- is distracted by Chopper's uh, lies. She picks up that uh, shred that shard, shard of Cuisinart yeah. and she goes running for Jar Jar. Yeah, Mike, what do you think happens next? I think she stabs him in the back, <laughs> hard as she can. Yeah, and whispers in those big floppy ears, "You'll never find General Kenobi." Oh. <laughs> So Baru says in that moment her clear understanding of the larger picture mm-hmm. of the needs of the galaxy. She knows very well yeah. that General Obi-Wan Kenobi mm-hmm. is watching over her basically adopted son, Luke Skywalker, right. who right. she has filled with the gifts of kindness and friendship and heroism. And she knows that she can at least defend the spirit of all those ideals even if this monster is going to end her. Right. So she like that. drives the Cuisinart into, <laughs> into some, uh, mm-hmm. gu- right in his Gungan scapula. Right, yeah. right yeah. there in the, in, the, in the back. And uh, Jar Jar says, Ow, some Misa pain! Ow, so hurt some Misa! How rude! How rude! <laughs> I suspect. <laughs> I suscream. Uh, really, in, really in pain. Yeah, really in pain. Flapping around, going, "Owie, owie, 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 me so hurt." Owie, 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 owie. And what does he do to make sure that Baru can't finish him? Um, he. He's able. His arms are very flexible. He's he's running around. The th- is is the shard still in him? Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He runs around. She's she's kind of frozen. You know, a, a fear or amusement or curiosity. At this point, she doesn't know what she did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she thought she just was stabbing this man. She seems to have <laughs> affected him on some deep psychological <laughs> levels. Um, he reaches around. He's got good reach, and he pulls out the shard, and he looks at her, and he and he just is like. Uses have bested me today, but I also come back a fully trained Sith, and I shall kill you. Nice. And she doesn't know what he's just said. Yeah. yeah. She's speaking gibberish at this yeah. point. Through broken teeth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <On top laughs> so he doesn't mean it. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, 
I shall summon my powers. And he raises up uh, uh, his his big, strangely muscular arms yeah. for an amphibian. Yeah. He spins in what looks like a comic dance, but a, yeah. a cyclone of sand whirls around him and just begins to blind brew. It's blasting yeah. her in their eyes. Sand does suck. Yeah. As much as she has decided to live here, sand does suck. And she she staggers back. Yeah. And, and she actually uh, backs up and she falls down the stairs and she, she tumbles <laughs> down uh, toward her homestead. One could say the sand has gotten everywhere. It, yeah. Indeed. It has yeah. gotten it has yeah. gotten into her very soul today. <laughs> And she can barely remember uh, even yeah. what all has happened. She doesn't want to remember. Right. <laughs> she just wants her husband to come home. She wants her nephew to come home. And she just wants to forget all the horrors she's seen today. Yeah. And she gets the sand out of her eyes and she looks up. Yeah. It's just the, the creature's gone. Yeah. Like it was never there. Like it was never there. Like it was an apparition. Figment of her imagination. Yeah. Like she had smoked a good death stick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But she hadn't. She had not. She hears a rustling behind her. Yeah. She whoops her. Oh, no, not again. And, and Owen Lars is there with some Rodian tenders. <laughs> are you going to eat these or what? I went a long way for them. You're just wasting time over there. What are you doing? Come on. And in, Where's my blue milk? Did you fix that thing yet? Quit fooling around. And in a beautiful tender moment that recaptures the romance they had when they were both young and very sexually attractive mm-hmm. <laughs> not long ago at all not at all she looks at him tenderly she melts his icy heart she picks up a rhodian tender mm-hmm. she puts one end of it in her mouth yeah owen takes the other end in hers <laughs> they eat together the rhodian tender finger they meet and they they kiss passionately they do and we fade out <laughs> There's a knock on the door. <laughs> is anyone in there? It's the Empire. <laughs> Just a second. And as always, on Data Bank Brawl, we strive toward the beautiful, the peaceful, the celebration of the light. But it is a brawl. And the darkness comes in. And that is our 50th episode of Data Bank Brawl. Oh, wonderful. Thank you guys so much uh, for being here and going through all that with oh, me. We told quite us. a tale. I feel like Thank I've been you. through a lot emotionally. Yeah. I feel yeah. like Aunt Beru's been through a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is terrible. It's terrible. This Her is... last day happened to be the worst one ever. <laughs> <laughs> but she proved how strong she was. <laughs> yeah. She won one battle and she survived another and at least she got a little kiss. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> From her husband. It's nice that they recaptured uh, their their early love uh, moments before. Back it. when she was just his girlfriend. Yeah. Brew <laughs> Whiteson. Brew Whiteson. Thank you, uh, thank you, Ken and Mike, for being here. Thank you, listeners. Thank you for uh, for celebrating Databank Brawl with us. We have a lot of great fans who listen. They remember the episodes better than us. They catalog yeah. the episodes. They make uh, videos of the episodes. Uh, yeah. uh, I believe uh, Brian Ward is uh, oh, yeah. has been tweeting us. Yes, yes, yes. He's been working on making a cool video of an episode that the three of us did together. Uh, so thank you all so much for getting yeah, into the... It's coming out really It looks great. Too. It's yeah, amazing. It. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Check that out. Yeah. It's, it's super cool. Uh, thank you for celebrating the weird spirit of both learning more about fun characters, celebrating the weird characters, uh, thinking a little bit more about how they fit into the Star Wars galaxy in like a fun kind of serious way, but then also just investing in dumb fun. 
right. of who would win in a fight and why. Right. Uh, it, it's been really nice to see how much people have taken up the spirit of this show. So we thank you for that. As always, if there are characters that you want to see fight, you can let us know. You can suggest a, a matchup, but we love uh, if you just suggest a character that you love because we know then to prioritize them. we got some fights coming up based on characters that people have suggested. Send those in with the hashtag databankbrawl so we can easily find them. Mike, where can people find you on the old social media? I'm all over social media at Mike Black Attack. Excellent, excellent. And you can always uh, kind of check the comedy store to see if Mike is popping up there. Yeah, I'm usually there about once a week, real late at night. So <laughs> yeah, come check it out. That is the spirit of Databank Brawl. Go there late at night and you'll see here's some great weird comedy by Mike Black. Ken, do you have uh, not only where people can find you, but uh, you've, you've been with me on this journey of yeah. uh, Databank Brawl. We've got here to our 50th episode. Do you have any, any thoughts, feelings about this journey? Oh, man, you know, this, was, uh, this has been uh, an amazing journey because, you know, Force Center started uh, with Spotlight Star Wars, which which is just me talking to a microphone in my room, and Force Center with you, me, and Jennifer, and special guests along the way. Um, But, you know, that's us in our own way, breaking down news and and getting deep on Star Wars talk and philosophy. But I I think this channel needed um, that that calling card show, and this (laughs) this was your creation uh, and and the idea. But what I love about it is with with you, me, Mike, and, and and other guests that we've had, and, and Jennifer when she can, and you know, John Roke has been on, uh, and, and others. The show has evolved in a beautiful, organic way. Yeah. We appreciate the, the dedicated fans out there who have taken this time. And, and again, Brian Ward uh, is coming up with some great stuff. He's animating an episode um, with, with Gus Tours and Constable Zuvia, the one we did <laughs> yeah. with Mike on. Yeah. Um, it's looking great. And, and, and Tristan Shields is yes. a big supporter. Absolutely um, want to give him a shout with, out. With the rankings and all this. It really means a lot to us. We really do believe bigger and better things are on the way uh, for Center. And it's, it, it's uh, because of the confidence we've had from you guys taking to this show so well. So it does mean a lot. 50 is a big number. Yeah, absolutely. And only more to come. Ken, where can people find you on the old social media? You can find me at Ken Napsack, And I also have that Anchor Station. Download the app Anchor and hear me talking Game of Thrones on there at Daily Thrones. Yeah, yeah, that's great stuff. And you can uh, find me on Anchor as well. My channel is uh, Headcanon, and I just talk about uh, uh, pop culture stuff and weird comedy takes on pop culture. I ask people weird questions. You can find my other podcast, Obsessed. And uh, as of now, as when this uh, podcast is being released, our Patreon is live. So if you like what we do here on Databank Brawl, you can help mm-hmm. support it. You can go check out patreon.com slash Center. You can find me on all the social media as at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can like Force Center on Facebook and follow us on Twitter as at Pod. And until next time, as Luke Skywalker once said, well, no one was really listening to him. I care. <laughs> That's it for Databank Brawl.